Shall we begin? Let's begin. This is incredible! Johnny Boss with a masterful solo goal. What a finish from Samuel Silvera! Robertson! And the Man City youngster opens the scoring. Oh, and it's Garankuo who has equalised right at the end. This is the Soccer Who's podcast, the show all about Australian football, as we look to unearth the next generation of Socceroos who will one day wear the green and gold. Welcome back to the Soccer Who's podcast. My name is Lockie. I'm joined by my co-host James and... <laughs> it's been a little while. Yeah, been a hot minute. Been been a little while. Before that, I'd like to give a special welcome uh, to our Matildas, who wow. had a fantastic World Cup run yeah. and did the nation proud. That's probably part of the reason why we haven't been doing this podcast for a little bit. We we got to experience the game as fans. I think I went to all but two of the Matildas games. Jeez, uh, flying around Australia supporting the Tillies. And thankfully, I work at a workplace where I can very loosely claim that it was work because I did one live cross after each game and I'm going to claim it all on tax. So thank you very much, Nova Entertainment and the tax man next year. Well, I mean, it was clearly work-related. You had to be there for that segment. I I really did. Um, I'll have no questions otherwise. And now that I'm mentioning on this forum, which I don't get paid for, but is another, I guess bit of work that uh, if I if I registered a tax file number then I'm and double the tax return I don't think it, I don't think that's how that works <laughs> um, and I wouldn't recommend uh, people just starting up podcasts and claiming things on tax that's definitely not solid tax advice but I will be claiming all my work expenses surrounding the Matildas uh, on tax and I'm very excited about that but more excitedly what an impact the Matildas had oh on Australia like stunning I, I, I know us talking about this a month afterwards, maybe a little bit late to the party, but... Well, I, I here, here's the story for you, Lachlan. Sure. So, I work in a school. Yep. I work with children each day, um, being, you know, out of school. Hey, you could be a janitor and not work with kids. It's true. Uh, anyway. But anyway, I work, I work with the children and often it's, we play a lot of sports because, you know, a lot of kids love sport. And what brings this smile to my face is even to this day, like a month after the World Cup, something the kids love to do is they love to say, oh yeah, I'm this player. I'm pretending to be this player. Yeah. And it's always like Mbappe, Ronaldo, Messi, yeah. Haaland. But after a month after the World Cup, you still have young boys, like grade one, grade two, grade three. They'd be like, I'm Hayley Razzo. I'm Katrina hey, Gori. That's awesome. Uh, which is just brings a smile to my face yeah. and really is really says the impact that the Matildas had in this World Cup because there's now young kids, boys and girls have been like, I want to be the next Sam Kerr. I want to be the next Katrina Gorey. And it just, it just honestly just puts a huge smile on my face because, man, I love football. I love football as well. I I think working in an environment, I think it's not an unreasonable thing to say that a workplace like Nova traditionally doesn't cover football all that much. I don't think that's an outrageous claim. If my boss heard me say that, I don't think it would be an outrageous thing for me to say that we're not a station known for our football coverage, but to be the person that got asked to be in charge of the football coverage, or a little personal work you know, goal for me, a little like, oh, that, that feels nice. Uh, but to see so many people get around the Matildas, breaking you know, national records, the most watched TV event in history is just 
is just so unbelievably cool. And yeah, I, I, I hope that um, the impact of the Matildas is not just a flash in the pan. Mm. Unfortunately, it feels like it kind of is already. That we're, we quickly moved on to, to other things. But I'm really hoping that James Johnson and Danny Townsend uh, can really capture this, that we start to see more people taking an interest in football. Uh, whether that will happen or not, I don't know. There's a lot of eyes on the A-League and seeing how they're going to um, go from strength to strength, specifically the A-League women's this season, and see how they'll grow that. And look, when it comes to funding for the sport that we love the most, I know there's been a lot of chat, especially in Queensland, especially in Queensland. <laughs> I don't know. Whether, I don't know. If there's a thing in other states, and feel free to let me know. But in Queensland, where our premier is the person who is she? She was on the legacy committee. She's said that she wants to support women's sport, uh, and I believe that she wants to support women's sport. Whether she wants to sp- support football specifically, I don't know. I think the remains tr- to be seen. Remains to be seen. I think the statue thing, nice idea. I think personally, I'd prefer for that money to be invested properly in the sport. Uh, but I will say, and this is something that I feel like not lots of people fully understand. In my work, I have met Annika Wells, the federal sports minister. I yeah. think she also has something else in her portfolio, like uh, aged care or something like that. What matters to us on this show? Sport. Meeting her, she genuinely loves fo- football. She loves the Matildas. I met her before the World Cup. And I think they'd just done a jersey presentation where they got all the all these girls from around Australia named Matilda to present the Matilda's jerseys. Sick idea. Great idea. But she was there and she got to, she got to um, I guess be one of the people helping to host that event. And she genuinely loves the Matildas mm. loves. She, she's a football enjoyer. She loves football, but she said that the thing that it's hardest for her is that she has to kind of justify spending, right? She has to be the person to, to help justify the spending for different sports. When you've got the AFL coming to her going, we need X many million for, this project that we're doing and it's all neatly in one document and there's only one request or you've got the NRL who once again only have one person coming to her going this is what we want it's a lot easier for her to green light something or you know or to go yeah this is this makes sense when you've got football australia and then you've got all the sub you know entities football queensland football new south wales not even sub entities they're just there. We, we're separate entities, entities. You're separate entities. <laughs> but in my mind they should be sub entities and that's what i'm getting to when you've got all the different entities vying for federal funding and there's not a united bid, I can totally understand why she would go, well, if I have to justify this spending to the bosses and to the, the public, why it's easier for me to just green light one separate one bid than to do all this extra work. Now you could argue that oh, well it's her job. <clears throat> but I just I just think that maybe the best thing for football in Australia is a reform and that might you know people might hate that idea but i just I, I genuinely think that if we put aside some egos which won't ever happen i, I don't I, i'm very pessimistic about this actually happening but if we put aside some egos and football queensland football new south wales football western australia all these state governing bodies went okay we actually can get more money out of this we can probably make more money ourselves if you want to be selfish like that if we actually just all submit under football Australia and we can actually get proper funding for this thing. Cause I think that there are 
people within our government who who do want football to grow, who actually see the economic sense of investing in the game and the benefit that that can bring. I, I think advertisers must be watching the Women's World Cup going, oh my goodness, Channel 7 got an absolute steal for the television rights. And part of, part of that is because we were hosting the tournament. I, n- I know that. But there, it is one of the most commercially viable entities that Australia has. And when you look at then the fact that we can be making so much more money because of their global appeal as well, it just is. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. And I can't wait to see maybe potentially these things start to click into place. And look, it might take 10, 15, 20 years, but I'd like to think that the Women's World Cup is the start of something big for football in this nation. I'm sure there are plenty of people that agree with you. Thank you. Uh, anyway, that's not the full podcast. We've got plenty more coming well, up. Thank on you the for show. listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I just off the back of the Women's World Cup, I know a lot of that stuff has already kind of been said. Um, I know some people were, were going at Annika Wells uh, on different social media platforms, to be like, "Oh, this woman sucks. Why? Why would she say that she supports football and then not do anything about it?" It's like, well, there's limitations to what she can and can't do. I think we could help ourselves as a game if we maybe got our stuff together and then you know went to the government with a with with you know it's it seems like things are a little bit of a mess Um, you're always meant to have the victim mentality that's how this works Lachlan it's true uh anyway there's been plenty of happening in football over the last couple of months we both took a little bit of a break obviously for the Matildas we both co-run uh not just us but a bunch of people we run a football club finals time it's been a hectic time of year. You moved house. Your wife just got a new job. We don't need to keep on making excuses, but I'm excited for season three of this podcast. Wow. We're back for another football season, and it's going to be a good season, I feel. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm very optimistic. We've got Asian Cup, of course. A- Asian Cup. We've got uh, w- women's... We do have the women's Olympic qualifiers. True. Uh, this show does primarily focus on the Socceroos. Uh, because I feel like if I had to stretch myself across the men's and the women's game to do that properly, then you would be getting less podcasts than you're getting right now. And yeah. there, there are people who could do the women's game so much more justice than I can. So Selling so many hours in the day as well to watch football with. Exactly. So I'd recommend uh, my favorite uh, over, over the Women's World Cup, Far Post Pod, they do a great oh, job. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, but for the men's game, for Socceroos, uh, for under 23s, for the Joeys, this is the podcast that we want to see another golden generation. Uh, we, I think we kind of are in, in a little bit of a, a second golden generation with the current crop of players at the moment, especially in their last World Cup. But I would love to one day see a men's World Cup one. I'd love to see a women's World Cup one as well. And I'm going to do this podcast. I want to do this podcast until we win a men's World Cup. I think a women's World Cup is a lot closer. And I, I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to think that a men's World Cup, I've got enough in my tank to go until then. True. Yeah. I mean, only four more years, right? Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> 2026, we'll, uh, we're winning the lot. James, speaking of the men, we do have a game against Mexico this Saturday. Wow. Uh, Graham Arnold did announce his squad. And on the whole, I think it's a pretty good one. It is. There's no howlers in there for me, which is which is a good place to start. 
because some Graham Arnold does love a good head scratch from time to time. Yeah, I mean, there are still some decisions that I'm like, oh, okay, that interesting. Yeah. But on the whole, I think it's one of the better Graham Arnold squads I've seen. Well, let's. I'm just going to go through the players. Uh, I made some notes around them, and we, we can maybe unpack certain players if, if you'd like. Um, starting goals alphabetically, you got Tom Glover. It's the second time in the squad, I believe, but he's still uncapped. So I'd say minutes are likely for him. You reckon minutes? Are- second half, I reckon. Is on the interesting because I, I just think he's going to play Matt Ryan and he's going to use this as a chance to get uh, both Tom Glover and this next player, Ashley Maynard Brewer, some more squad time, some opportunity to yeah. to be f- familiarized with the squad. I I don't see Maynard Brewer playing. I reckon he's just to call up, familiarize himself with the squad. Cool, but. Graham Arnold is like seems to like you know a first call up to get familiar, a second yeah. call up to get your cap. Yeah, I I mean I agree with you. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Tom Glover, but I just think that he's likely just to keep Matt Ryan between the sticks. Yeah. He's doing Matt he's Ryan doing, starts. Yeah, Matt Ryan has been doing very well at the moment. He just uh, obviously featured in a penalty shootout to take Alkmaar through to the group stage of the Conference League. Uh, he it's almost like he's good at penalty shootouts yeah it's crazy it's almost like he has the best uh penalty save percentage of all soccer used to play in the last decade Ooh, aside from you know one mitchell langrak but i believe yeah, he's in a yeah, certain yeah. black book yeah i don't think langrak's getting a call up anytime soon that's the goalkeepers though um great to see some fresh faces in there with maynard brewer uh glover obviously gauchy is a was in that last squad and he, he misses out here but I love that we've got competition now for yeah. the goalkeeping spot. It's good. At least coming through this next Especially generation. young competition. Yes. That's huge. Like, Maynard Brewer, Glover, Gauchi. Billy Kapich. Billy Kapich. I mean, it, it's all happening right now, which is very exciting. Macklin Freak. <laughs> Jordan Holmes. Uh, Rochdale H- Rovers. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway, uh, moving moving to defenders. Uh, centre-backs, we've got some two players uncapped. Uh, one player did feature in this last squad. That is uh, Alessandro Sicardi at Parma. He it's his second time in the squad, still uncapped. I'm He's hoping get that cap. I'm hoping that we see him get that cap. Yeah. Uh, we've got Cameron Burgess. Uh, oh, finally, how long have we been call- have we been calling for this? Lock a long time, a long, long time. Ipswich Town uh, p- playing very well there. We still haven't seen Alex Grant, but look, we got one I'll, of our left-footed centre backs. I'll, I'll take. I'll, I'll take <laughs> Uh, Cameron Burgess at this point in time, uh, first call up, I believe, and obviously uncapped as well. So great to see that. He's picked three other centre-backs, which is very strange for a one-game, you know, once-off game to pick five centre-backs, but... Got to make sure you have the depth there. Top competition. Yeah. Competition. Uh, and maybe maybe five makes sense because he ha- he's only picked one left-back. We'll get to that in a sec. Uh, Kai Rolls, Hearts. Yep. Hasn't been doing anything crazy lately. Hasn't been doing anything... Not crazy. He's become a staple of the squad at yeah. this point. He hasn't done anything to lose his place. No one's really done anything to take his place. He's there. Yeah, he's there. Uh, Harry Suter. Uh. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's there because he's our best. I still believe he's our best centre-back. But... It's also a classic Graham Island call-up of like, I back my player, right? And yeah. he's going to try and put confidence in him. Yeah. Make sure he's, you know, getting football in the yeah. shop window maybe a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know where he goes, though, because... It's a weird situation. Um, transfer window's closed. He doesn't seem to be, you know, in the good books at Leicester at this point in but time. wasn't much interest in him apart from yeah. Rangers. And that never really happened. Eventually. Leicester didn't like the wage bill structure offered by 
Rangers, but I mean Leicester just have them sitting in the reserves, so yeah, it's a weird situation all around. I don't fully understand. I, yeah, I still maintain that he is our best centre back, um, but maybe this will help build his confidence yeah. once again. And I still maintain he's you know he's lower end Premier League quality, upper end Championship quality. It's yeah. just stylistically doesn't suit the direction Leicester are going. I mean, they're on their fourth manager in his short tenor there yeah. already, which is Gosh. extremely turbulent. Uh, but yeah, it's just weird that no one wanted him. That's the weirdest thing for me. And maybe it's because of the you know money that Leicester were wanting for him. But yeah, it seems weird for Leicester just to kind of sit in that asset because he's not exactly appreciating value right now. No, no. And I, and I don't think he's appreciating his time on the bench. Um, no. So uh, I appreciate what you did there. Yeah, lots of appreciation on this show. Today I feel uh, like appreciating things. Yeah, it's good for your mindset, you know. No, yeah, yeah I, 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 I know. Uh, speaking of a player that I have appreciated, Milos Stegenek. Yeah, um, look, of those five centre backs, probably the one I'm like, uh, uh, all right. He just got to move back to Serbia. After his time yeah. in the US, sure. I, I look. I'd happily, I'd happily see Alex Grant in that squad instead of. But I guess you want some some stability. Yeah. You want an older I'd, figure. I'd also happily see you know, a left back. That's true. You know, in place of Milos Degenek, maybe there's the idea of you know he can play right back, and you play maybe a certain Nathaniel Atkinson a left back if you mm. need to because he has experience there. So that maybe, could be part of it. Maybe a back three. Ooh, because Sicardi does thrive, I think, best in the back three as well. A back three, I mean, Rolls that, w- on that the would left, be spicy. Sicardi in the middle, Sutar on the right. That would be very interesting, especially when you've got a player like uh, Silvera or Magree slightly further forward on the left, or, or Bayic, you just keep him as a wing back. Is it that? that could be on the cards. I highly doubt it, because we know that Graham Arnold doesn't like to mix things up too much, but it could it could work. Uh, those, those left back... And right backs, uh, you know, Bayich just moved from Dundee United uh, back to Melbourne City. Yeah, but I think a return to Australia is probably the best thing for him. Yeah, it's it's the right time, the right time, a good opportunity for Melbourne City, who are going through a li- little bit of a rebuild at this point in time, losing Geordie uh, Boss, gaining Bayich, who is a, a, you know a great left back and and a great servant of Melbourne City as yeah, well. Homecoming, and a beautiful homecoming. Uh, Atkinson, former City player, is back in the squad. Uh, and Ryan Strain makes it as well. So Frank Karacic, who is currently unattached, he is not, not to anywhere to be seen. Nor is Jordan Boss, who's recovering from appendix surgery. Okay. No no real complaints about left back, right back. Apart from maybe a, a death option. Another left, left back, back yeah. would have been smart, yeah. I think. But but those three other players, yeah, yeah you're not complaining I mean, it's it. a friendly, right? Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, I... I just really hope Ryan Strain gets a start over Atkinson. I think Ryan Strain's been the best right back in the entire Scottish Premier League. You watch him play Degenek. Uh, well, maybe he's going to do the full, you know, modern footballing thing and just play four centre-backs. Burgess at left back, Degenek at right back. Look, wouldn't be surprised. I, I wouldn't put it past Graham Arnold <laughs> at this point, honestly. I think this is a game for experimentation, so... And Graham Arnold loves experimenting. Yeah. Which I, which I respect about the yeah. man. Uh, I do respect it. Should we, should we move into midfield? But, uh, we've got 
no fresh faces in midfield. Uh, Robertson misses out despite playing well at Portsmouth. It's a hard uh, midfield to break into this one. It is a difficult one. midfield to break into. Denny John Roo returns. He's been playing Toulouse, playing quite if well. If you're playing in Ligue 1, you're playing the Socceroos. Exactly. Uh, Keanu Bacchus, uh, St. Mirren, Cam Devlin, Hearts. Aidan O'Neill just made a move to Belgium, standard Liège. Been playing consistently there as well. Uh, some of the fans over there are questioning his ability a little bit and hoping for... You know, maybe another option to come in and give him competition. But coach seems to think he's doing well because he's playing football. And I think he's been servicing his requirements well. He's not a flashy player, so it doesn't really excite fans. When the Moises Casado transfer battle between Liverpool and Chelsea was kind of going on, there was a kind of both clubs were going at it trying to bid for him. Obscene figures. And I had a mate, Chelsea supporter, reach out and be like, oh, you must suck to, to miss out on, on Casado. And I was like, I'll be honest, I think. Aidan O'Neill absolutely bodied him in he the did. last friendly that Australia played against Colombia. So am I saying that I want to see Aidan O'Neill at Liverpool? No. Return to the Premier League. <laughs> but look, Aidan O'Neill, I think, is is a great option for the Socceroos in that midfield. And he did very well when we played Colombia last He's time. He's not out. flashy. just does all the little things well, which I which kind of should be appreciated in the midfield of these days. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Irvine, Connor Metcalf, St. Pauli, the, the duo? Irvine, phenomenal so far. Metcalf, eh, back in the bench after a shaky start, but he's shown that he has the mentality and strength to fight his way back in the lineup and grow from it continuously. Uh, important year for him, and I think deserves to be in the soccer squad. Oh, totally agree. We've we, we also seen the return of Chief Vibes Officer. I think that was his he's role back. during the World Cup. Uh, Martin Boyle. Playing well for Hibs at the moment, and he's back out on the wing, and he'll be joined on that right wing, I assume, by Matt Leckie, who yeah, he's he's a big game player for the Socceroos, yeah, and he's, he's a leader. He, he's he's there for his leadership within that squad. Whether right. it's time yeah. to potentially phase him out, or whether he sticks around for the Asian Cup, and then you know, says I a think farewell. that'll be it, probably but, Asian Cup. But yeah, bit of a concern. Maybe at the depths of right back uh, going forward. Right back young, or right wing? Right wing, sorry, my That's mistake. Right. Um, going forward in terms of youngsters, because, you know, if Martin Ball is your returning option over Alma Bill, there's a well, we'll, we'll bit of to, an issue there. We'll get to him in a But second. good to see Martin Boyle back in his squad, you know, back playing for Hibs, returning from injury and playing pretty well over there. Of course, um, Adopted Australian Nick, Nick Montgomery heading over there too. Well, yeah, him. that's that's the rumor. I don't think it's confirmed just yet. Probably all but, by the, all but confirmed. At this probably point. by the time this podcast goes up, it'll be confirmed. Uh, big moves for Central Coast in recent years. Uh, speaking of Central Coast, Sam Silvera, he's made the move. He's made the move to Middlesbrough. Uh, he's playing well. He's cooking already. And first Socceroos call up. What a, what a story he has. Yeah, I was surprised when he didn't get called up to the last uh, camp. I thought he was a bit of an outside shot to the point where I'm like, this seems like a classic Graham Arnold call-up. But this one he has, he's earned it. That's probably the most important thing. Mm. And I know Graham Arnold doesn't like his, you know, first camp minutes, whole thing. But if one person's earned it, it's Sammy Silvera. Sensational and could really breathe life into the Socceroos wing. At least off the bench, surely. Yeah, definitely, at least off the bench. I wouldn't be surprised to see him start either because our wing play has been a bit lackluster of late, mm. apart from, you know, that one lucky performance at the World Cup, which everyone... Goodwin also played. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Goodwin was a bit inconsistent. When he was when he was hot, he was hot, yeah. but he went missing a lot. That's uh, what I'm saying though. When isn't surprising because I mean it's the World Cup stage against Argentina, right? Mm. That I'll excuse that. Yeah. Um but Sammy Silvera, he's a true winger, he gets into dangerous spaces and he could really give a dynamic to the Australian tech that we haven't had for, to be honest, quite a long time because you know, Goodwin's not really a true winger. He's more of an advanced playmaker. Lecky is even more so an advanced playmaker and not, you know, a true attacking winger like Sammy Silvera is. And we haven't had a true attacking winger in a long time, unless you count Almobil, but he's more so a, I don't know. I, I don't want to say anything too too rude, but... <laughs> Hold on, what are you thinking? Uh, I was going to say traffic cone, but... That's not that rude, I don't think. Yeah. But yeah, he, 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 let's just say he hasn't been too impactful as of late. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't think that Mabil should be anywhere near this squad based on performance in recent yeah. years. I Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, we'll see how he goes uh, at his new side, but... Ever yeah. since that first season at Mitchelland, he's very much been downhill, hasn't it? Honestly, I think the best thing for him to do would have been to return to the A-League. He had an offer apparently from Western Sydney Wanderers, which I'm... No? Interested in, as to why he didn't take it? Well, I may, maybe he didn't have a choice. Because obviously that would have been a loan move. Yeah. And then, you know... He's, he's at Grasshopper Zurich now. got, so. you know, a, reportedly a seven-figure offer for Mabel from Grasshopper. That is... And maybe, you know, maybe it's a fit thing. Maybe Mabil's low in confidence, he's struggling for fit. And you often see this from, you know, especially players on the edge of European football where they will look phenomenal at the right fit, then dreadful at the wrong fit. And maybe Grasshoppers think, no, we can make this fit work. And they're putting their money where the mouth is. Yeah, no, that, that's that's fair. And uh, I hope for Mabil's sake that they're right. And I hope yeah. for Mabil's sake he makes me look incredibly stupid in six months' time. Uh, I, look, I agree with you. I just, I, I don't think I've seen anything truly promising from Mabil for six to 12 months. I, I think there was maybe a game he was called up, he scored a goal, and it was like, oh, is this, you know, is this going to be the, a, ch- a change in form, a, a turn of good fortune for him? And it, it really wasn't. So, I, yeah, look, I, I agree with you. I hope for his sake that, he does revitalize his career in Sweden. I, I think that maybe your return to the A-League would have been the best thing for him. Adelaide United, if they had any money to bring him home, could have been great. If they wanted to sign anyone. Yeah, well, that's true. There's a couple of players that they've released that I'm a bit of a head-scratcher over. Former Adelaide player. Let's go back to players that are in this squad. Former Adelaide player. Riley McGree. He's in this squad. Scorpion King. Scorpion King. Uh teammate of Sam Silvera will, will we see them on the pitch at the same time cooking Hopefully, together you know inspire Michael Harrick to say oh, wait these guys can play on this pitch at the same time rather than just you know subbing for each other I do like that we've got you know a fair bit of contingent within the soccer like we've got St Mirren we've got St Pauli we've got Melbourne City Middlesbrough we've got Hearts as well so uh, Ipswich Town potentially if uh, one of my favourites Mass Luongo was recalled he, he I don't think he was super close to this squad, but I would have liked to see him. Crack. It is a hard midfield to crack. And he is playing very well in the championship, to be fair, which yeah. usually correlates very strongly with soccer's call-ups. This is true. I, I would, I'd love to see Mass just, just one. 
Like, the, can you imagine? He did it at the Asian Cup in 2015. And he's then an Asian Cup player. He's an Asian Cup player. He, he turns it on for the Asian Cup, scores a goal in the Asian Cup final in 2023 to finish off his career for the Socceroos. That oh. would... That would be a storyline that I would I could get around. Uh, Gets his Ballon d'Or finally. Oh, so true. <laughs> I, I I love that play. I love that man. He's so good. Uh, up top, Dagestanio and uh, Mitch Duke as well. Only picking two strikers. So yeah. Mitch Duke, I mean, classic. No surprise. Yeah. yeah. Dagger's return to the squad. Yeah. I, I, I I don't believe he was called up last time. No, he wasn't. I mm, interesting one. I think. D'Agostino struggled a little bit for game time at Viking. I mean, I haven't really been surprised. He's kind of, I think he's found his level, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, I think he's doing well at the level yeah. that he's at. Yeah, yeah. He just hasn't been a, you know, a starting striker. He's mm. been a rotational striker, which is very good, I think, for his skill. And I think he's found his level quite well. And as he experiences and he develops, he probably will become a starting striker over there at those kind of, fringe European leagues, I'll call them. Mm. You know, they're not, you know, your tier ones. They're probably the middle to bottom end of tier two nations. So, look, he's been performing well. I think this also speaks to maybe a, a few problems we have with striker depth. Having, having to call on a rotational striker in the um, Norwegian league. Yeah. But, because he isn't exactly young either, which is... Yeah, it, in the back of my deceptively, mind. Deceptively, well. he is older. Like I think he's twenty six. Twenty six, yeah. Twenty six. So that's not. It's like he's it pro- probably should be. He's entering his to, prime towards the prime of his career, yeah. um, but you know, hey, maybe maybe he can show us something yeah. that we haven't seen before in the Socceroos side. Yeah. Nothing against Dagger's call up. I think it just it highlights an issue yeah. within the squad. Yes, broadly speaking, because like in his place, what Maka. You've yeah. got uh, Cummings in India. Cummings in yeah. India. That I'm, I'm not sold about that. Uh, Taggart, Taggart, uh, not really playing football much because you know, A League. Yeah. Same boat for Borello. I think Borello is yeah. probably my second choice once you know A League gets up and running again yeah. and gets that game time. Um, and potentially maybe a Mo Toure is a bolter option. Oh, okay, okay. Um, any players that you feel like. You know, you've just listed a couple. Any that you feel like we could have maybe seen, or you next maybe next squad you hope to see? Uh, once again, of course, Volpato says yes. Yep. Call him up. That's yep. the obvious one. So that's that. Um, I do believe in the last t- two months. I don't know how long since we last recorded an episode, but since geez. last episode, it, it has been a while, and I apologize. Uh, since the last time we recorded an episode, I believe that Arnold did go over and met with Volpato in person. I, I think he also met with a couple of other players that we might talk about in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. He's, he's one of those ones that I think you give the opportunity if... Yeah, simple. He's, play, he's playing for Sosulo now. Yeah. Made the transfer. We'll get to that. We can unpack it a little bit, a little bit later. Um, But in terms of other players, I mean... No. Uh, Granquil not getting a call up. Hmm. Mm. Would I've called him up over maybe a Degenek? Maybe. Uh, it, you're kind of getting to those kind of areas yeah. where it's like a lot of fringe players. So. Yeah. Just yeah. What are, you, what are you hoping to see out of this this Mexico game? Oh, I'd say first half, go for your preferred eleven, right? Yep. You know, be competitive. Choose your best eleven. So 
your squad for one knows who your best 11 are, who your preferred 11 are, because that's important for competition, right? If I'm, you know, if I'm a Devlin and I see O'Neill starting, well, why aren't I starting? What do mm. I need to do? Motivate me, right? Uh, so first half's that. Second half, I think it's all about, you know, rotation and use minutes. So uh, I think a Sakati minutes is really important. Sammy Silvera significant minutes is really important for me. I want to see Sammy Silvera for a whole half in my mind. And I wouldn't mind seeing Sakati for, you know, 30 minutes. I wouldn't hate seeing a back three just rolled out in the second half just for fun. Yeah, okay. Keep dreaming, mate. Throw the dice. It's not happening. Um, but yeah, those are probably the biggest things. Actually, one name. It just popped into my head. Yazbek. Oh, okay. I would have liked, loved to see him get a call up because he's been the best Australian at Viking. Mm. And Viking has so far proven to be a squad that Graham Arnold thinks is good enough to get call-ups regularly from. Stentoness, D'Agostino. Regularly may be a bit of a stretch, yeah. but you know, significant call-up opportunities. And I think... Yazbek has been the best of the lot. He's had the best form of the lot over the last calendar year. And he's the youngest of the lot. So that, I think, was a bit disappointing not to see Paddy Yazbek get a call up because I think he, to be honest, has earned it. Um, I know the midfield is stacked, but look, over maybe, you know, you know, once again, you don't need five centre-backs mm. over Degenek. Yeah. Call him up. Yeah, f- fair like enough. That. Uh, well, uh Speaking of Yazbek, under-23s are mm. also in camp mode at the moment. Shall we talk more about this squad? Yeah, go for it. Under-23s, James, they are in tournament mode at the moment. Uh, Asian Cup qualifiers for Qatar, uh, which also doubles as the Olympic qualifiers for Paris next year. So I'm hoping they can get across the line because I'd be sad if we don't get to see more Australian footballers playing in Paris at the Olympics. I'm assuming, I think amateurs have qualified for that, right? I think so. I, I should I should know this, but I assume they have qualified. It sounds good, Lachlan. Yeah. Take well, a word on that. Well, and if they haven't, they will now because I've said it. True. Um, but the under-23s are still yet to qualify, the boys. And I'm, let's run through these names. Uh, they're listed in alphabetical order as per the official Football Australia media release. Uh, and James, let's be, I, I'm, I'm going to bring some behind the scenes on air. Uh, you didn't sort them into positional order. No, I decided just to, you know, go with what James Johnson clearly wants. James Johnson did not sign off. Or probably Matty Townsend. James Johnson did not sign off on that yeah, email. I think so. that was Matty Townsend. But, uh, Matt, oh, yeah, that's right. I, I thought you were... Not Danny, Matty. No, Matt Townsend. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether he they'd appreciate us naming the media officers at Football Australia. It is public. But. Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, love your work, Matt. Love everything you do. <laughs> um, anyway, let's go through this squad. Uh, Hosan Billity. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's, he's been a bit of a staple. Yeah, in, he, he, in he's, he's one of those classic, you know, used international yeah. players. He's He'll be a used international player. That's what it'll be known as. Yeah, he, he'll rotate through this squad. I think in the the Maurice Rebello tournament, he got some minutes. It was all right. Yeah, he's a youth international. Billy Kapich, uh, he's just transferred, by the way, from Huddersfield to Peterborough United. Search for first team football. Exactly. Just uh, served him well so far. We spoke a little bit about him earlier on the show. Yeah. Good call up. Good call up. I think he should be starting most games. Simple. Uh, Noah Bodic, Western United. Should be starting option. most games. Should also be starting starting most games. Lachlan Brook, uh, he's transferred from Brentford to Western City Wanderers. One of these 
one of these young players that is has been vying for European you know, career opportunities and they just haven't worked out for him just <clears> yet. Back at the Wanderers, I think... Not back at the Wanderers. Back, back in the in A-League. Australia, yeah. He's at the Wanderers is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and you know, I, uh, for his sake, I hope it works out. Yeah, I'm, he, he's a lot like Bill just kind of, eh. Yeah. He's there. Good rotation option. Cameron Cook, Perth Glory. Backup goalkeeper, a lot of potential. Um, unfortunately, unfortunate that most of our good potential players seem to be goalkeepers. Mm. Uh, Jordan Courtney Perkins, he's back. Uh, back he's where? Left Australia. He's at Rakow Chechua. Perfect uh, pronunciation, I have to say. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan's been teaching me. Um, <laughs> uh, Great call up, though. Hopefully, yeah. he's starting left centre back. To be yeah. honest, um, I'm really intrigued to see how he goes. You know, over there. Uh, hopefully, you know, some actual first team minutes um, over in Poland. Top of my head, and I believe his club is also in the. Europa Conference League yeah, as well. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, so hopefully that also just means, you know, more, more minutes. minutes available to yeah. the club of which he can fill a quota for. And he's definitely at an important part of his career. And I think his growth in the end of the glass season will serve him really well heading yeah. over. Uh, Ethan Cox, Adelaide United. Yeah, back up. Cool. Cool. Uh, Luis Dorigo, currently unattached, which I find interesting because I think he's been a very handy player within the A-League. Yeah. It's. I don't think it's anything to do with you know Adelaide not wanting him. I think it's far more to do so with him wanting Europe. Yeah, sure. And you know, kind of flirting around there, maybe having a few trials, trying to find something, and maybe it's the case of look, he'll keep on going until all the windows close for free transfers. Mm. If nothing arises, perks yeah. of the Air League starting in October, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess so. Uh, Matt Dench, Charlton Athletic. Yeah. Good a, player. A name that I'm not super familiar with, I'll be honest. Yeah, he's, he's still very much a youth footballer, right? Not playing first team. I, I believe it actually was a late call-up. Uh, there were a couple of players that had to make way, and yeah. he was a, a, a late addition to this yeah, squad. A, a versatile you know, defender can kind of play across the back line. You know, can give you a few different things. Uh, very much still raw, as is the case of youth football. So un, hard to see who this player becomes, because that's often what happens in youth football. They're raw. They figure out, you know, what kind of style player they are because in youth football, you can't just, you know, throw yourself at every tackle, throw yourself at every ball. Everyone kind of plays the same way and it's not till they start playing senior football where they have to learn to fit their skill set into the higher intensity games and mm. you know, higher demands where you start to really see who a player is, except for obviously the transcendent players because they're always an the exception to the rule. Uh, but yeah, good versatile defender, good option. He's there. Uh, Chris Donnell, now at Fulham. He's playing Premier League two minutes. He's moved from Perth. Yeah, he's developed a lot since moving over to Fulham, uh, which is credit to Fulham's you know, football scouting department because they plucked him out from Perth when he you know, wasn't exactly setting the world on fire over in Perth. And he's translated very well to Premier League two to the point where it wouldn't be crazy to say, you know, 12 months down the line, he could be a Fulham senior player. Okay. That's like, I'm what? not saying regular. I'm yeah, just saying, you know, yeah. a game here. Yeah. Bench appearance One to there. watch. Yeah, one to watch, definitely. Fantastic. Uh, Marley Francois at Bristol City. Yeah, Marley Francois is another interesting one for me. He's very raw. He's clearly very pacey. Good with both feet, which is something I respect a lot in a footballer. 
you know, got a got to love a player that can use his left and right foot equally, uh, which he can. But yeah, the technical ability, while good, has its flaws, especially with his vision and how well he reads the game. And my hope is, you know, as he plays more and more of these tournaments, he develops that side of his game as he gets older because all the tools are there for him to be a very good winger and, you know, a future Socceroo. He's just got to figure out to put them together. Uh, and I, I, I still believe that he can do that. And you know, I think that's reflected in his under-23 call-ups. Mm. Uh, another, I guess, attacking option, Jake Holman and MacArthur. Very intelligent, advanced eight. Um, whether he, we played as an advanced eight is, you know, always the question has been played as a Sooks before in these under-23s has even been chucked in the wing mm. at times. So, yeah, very good advanced eight. Reminds me a lot, you know, He's very similar to Keegan Jelicic as an example. Alex Robertson, these kind of players that like to drift in those half spaces. Uh, I, I note that Jelicic isn't in this squad, which uh, I guess interesting. Yeah, it, it is interesting, especially considering, you know, his loan move yep. as well. Uh, anyway, uh, Alou Kowal, back from Central, back, back to Central Coast, I should say, from Stuttgart. Uh, I guess touted as the replacement, I guess, in a way... For Cummings? Yeah, I think that's really what it is. Uh, makes sense as a bit of business, you know. Bring him back in on a small fee. I hope to sell him off again for a massive fee. And then for to rebound and kind of restart in a way in Australia. Because he hasn't played much. Clearly devoid of a bit of confidence. And hopefully, you know, a camp like this where he's the lead striker maybe. In his mind. Obviously, I think currently... Uh, You've got Noah Botic, who I think is a step ahead of him. Mm. But I think for Alukwal, it's an important camp for him to really prove himself and start to really get ready for the season ahead because it's a huge year for him at Central Coast. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting move for Central Coast to, I guess, have him as their, their talisman up top. I'm hoping for his sake that it's a year where he discovers that he is... I mean, we know that he is that guy on his day, uh, but to be the leading striker, to, to take on all the pressure, I guess, of being that player for the Mariners who, you know, they, they do play with a two-striker system where they have, in the, you know, in the past couple of years. Whether they'll continue with that, I don't know. There's been a fair bit of change within the Central Coast Mariners mm. uh, squad. But even still, for him to step up and be a leading A-League striker, you're competing alongside other Socceroos players you've got Barella you've got Taggart you've got McLaren as well and so the opportunity for him to yeah. step up and be like okay I can mix it with the best yeah and I think that last thing you said is you know, some people may think this is a bit unfortunate but I think the player he should be aspiring to become is McLaren I think he can be better than McLaren I, I think he can be a faster McLaren which would be a better McLaren but I think that's the kind of area we're, we're looking at for an okay. equal interesting I I respectfully disagree. I think he could he could have effect overseas, which McLaren hasn't exactly done. Yeah, I, well, that's also I, I think also of pace for yes, McLaren. Yeah, pace. I think he's also a little bit taller uh, and probably a bit better, bit more of an aerial threat than McLaren has been. Yeah, that's fair. At but least I'm, he'll I'm, scorpion. Yeah. He'll scorpion in the goals. It's true. He can, but yeah, I think in terms of reading the game, if he, I think that's the kind of player he's going to sure, become. Sure, One of those sure. reading strikers. Sure. That. McLaren is phenomenal and unfortunately lacks a few physical tools to really get to the European level. Uh, Which Alukwal has. Yes. Uh, Lucas Moragas, 
Jets player? Yeah, good left back. I really like Lucas Margus personally. I think he's a mighty fine option. And I wouldn't be surprised in 12 months we speak about him being a Socceroos bolter. Okay, I like that. Uh, Jason Novello? Oh, I, I like this kid as well. He's a good forward. And to be honest, he's been on the brink of his like proper senior breakthrough. He's been on the bench a few times uh, at club level, playing over in Italia. And Casenza Calcio, specifically. It's true. Good, good ball knowledge there from you, Lachlan, mm-hmm. knowing your stuff. Uh, yeah, and I think, yeah, he's an interesting striker option. And I really want to see him get some proper first-team minutes. Um, well, when I say first-team minutes, I meant under 23 yeah. minutes, but I'd yeah. love to see first-team minutes as well yeah. coming up for him because, obviously, a bit of a striker issue, as we spoke about earlier with the um, call-ups with the Socceroos themselves. And Novello could be one of those youngsters that could break through that you know, kind of glass ceiling and really start to take that striker position for themselves in the soccer race because someone's, someone's got to do it because Mitchell Duke isn't getting, you know, any younger. Someone's got to come in and make that position their own and he could be one of those guys. Uh, we also have Cam Pupion who has just made the move from Brighton to Cheltenham Town on loan. Looking to get some first in minutes. Good move. I think similar... For me, he and Alex Robertson sit in a similar sort of bracket as far as could potentially play Premier League football, but just need to get more first-team football in their legs, maybe test themselves Make at some a lower, lower level yeah. against maybe some slightly older opposition uh, and prove that they can play you know, senior football. Yeah. They're both youth footballers, really, coming into this year. Uh, and I don't think either would, you know, disagree with that and this year is all about proving that we're ready for senior football and mm. taking those big steps into developing the games to be you know a senior footballer and I think this loan move is a huge step in the right direction for Camp Beyond because you know he wasn't going to get that breakthrough at Brighton unfortunately because I mean Brighton have grown so much since he joined Brighton and to be honest for Camp Beyond it's his full testament to him at how well he kept up with the growth of Brighton yeah, I when mean, he, when he joined Brighton, right? They were, you know, fringe, you know, Premier League Championship club, you know, and it was like, oh, that's a great move for him to grow, you know, into that side and, you know, look to make that breakthrough. And then, in this, while well, he's been there, they've become one of the best sides in all of England. And they've been starting to get some of the best youngsters all over the world. And he has kept himself, you know, in the picture for Brighton to the point where they were reluctant to send him out on loan last year because they wanted to keep him developing. And he was one of the best players for them in the Premier League too. And he got first-team football yeah, for them over mate. a player like Benedito, who's one of the, you know, he's an Argentinian wonder kid who's touted as one of the Messi replacements. So it's testament to Campupi on how well he has developed with that club and testament to him that they're still very much interested in developing him. And he's now got a loan move to kind of prove himself at a senior footballer. So it's very exciting times. Uh, and it's great to see him obviously in the under-23s, and I think senior football is really going to start to show in these under-23 camps just how much he's learnt and grown. Yeah. I'm excited to see him develop this season, Uh, and maybe when I go to England at the end of the year, might catch a game. Uh, Josh Rawlins uh, at FC Utrecht, second team. Yeah, hasn't hasn't really played. Yeah. Yeah, It it hasn't been ideal. Out of the lineup. um, So... 
kind of in a similar boat to Sutar, I think, for this kind of call-up. We know his talent. We know his potential. Yep. Bit of a rebound camp, it feels like. Yeah. No, makes sense. Uh, Callum Talbot. Talbot. Yeah, I, I like to pronounce the, the, the second T. Yeah, fair enough. Hard um, T. Good fullback. I really like Talbot. He's... A lot of people have touted him as kind of a boss replacement. Obviously, mm. Bates has come in now. Yeah. Uh, so he's you know a bit low on the pecking order. He's a different player, though. He likes to kind of step into midfield uh, and invert and support. He can play on the left and the right as well. Uh, very versatile player. And good to see him, obviously, playing for the Oliveries. Also eligible for Malta. So uh, I love it when a dual national chooses the Oliveries because too many times have I been screwed over by his decision as football manager to go mm. play for Malta. Yeah, okay. So this is this feels personal for you. Yeah, in, in the football manager world, it is very much personal. Yeah, okay. Uh, Ryan Teague, another staple, I, I feel like, of this squad. Yeah, a good good player, high potential, but also one of those players where he's a youth footballer. That breakthrough has to come soon uh, for him to, you know, break out of those youth football ranks and grow and develop. Uh, Kai Truen, Brisbane Raw. Man, I feel that. sorry for Kai Truen. Mm. So much turbulence. And the reason I say that is he's back playing centre-back again this year. Yeah. It's just, yeah, so much fluctuation in terms of who's managing him and what position he's playing. And it's full testament to Kai Truen and the talent he has that he is still making these squads and he is still deserving and earning these squads despite all that turbulence. And I think maybe when, you know, you look back on his career in a decade's time, you can look back at all those positions he played ahead and say, hey, how will that serve him? Uh, but all too often, you sometimes see these things be detrimental to a player's career. So I think for, for Kai's sake, I hope he, you know, learns from that and he learns from that diversity and becomes a true, like, ball-playing defender. Mm. And the ilk that, you know, that you see go over to Europe and really succeed. Uh, but, you know, obviously he needs to have that breakthrough season and maybe under Ross Aloisi, this could be the one. Yeah, once again, one of those players that I'll be watching closely, not because I support the Raw, but I think that he has been one of the most underrated young players in the A-League in recent years. Yeah. I think he did incredibly well playing uh, in defensive midfield in the six for the Raw. You know, he's played right back. He's played, I feel like he's played left back as well yes. for the Raw. Center back as well. So He's played yeah. some eight. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's that too. So one of those really versatile players that can be great, and I think he just needs a really solid season. But we know that the Roar is not known for their stability, so we'll see how things go for him this season. Uh, Triantis, Sunderland, he's made the move from Central Coast. Good move, great move, solid centre back. I think he's our best at this level. Oh, for sure, hands down. Um, yeah, he hasn't been playing senior football really for Sunderland. He's been on the bench every game though. And he's been training really well from everything that I've heard. And yeah, look, it's a, it's a great move for him. And I think he's would have learned a lot from his time over there just in training. And this under 23s camp is a great chance to show it. Nishan Valupale, Melbourne he's, victory. He's there. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Pat Yazbek, who you said just before cooking at senior level might have missed out on the soccer squad. Seems like the fact that he's caught up to the 23s, you know, maybe maybe it is a case that, hey, you missed out on the Socceroos. Hope he's the star guy of this squad. Yeah. He, he, he should be the guy based on his experience at senior level. 
Yeah, he's he's doing great since he did transfer. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other players have transferred in the last couple of months. I was just going to go over some question marks. Oh, sure. For the, the squad. Because sure. some of them were transfers. Yeah. No Alex Robertson. Yep. No Grant Kowal. No. No Tilio, but Tilio's you know, yeah. injured, so yeah. you know that. But yeah, no Robertson, no Kowal, which was very interesting to me. Very, very interesting. Mo, Mo Toure was called up, but had to pull out due yes. to injury, so yes. that should be noted. Uh, sh- should we talk about some of these? Because we do, on this run sheet, there are a couple of players who have made transfers in recent weeks, including ones that you've just mentioned. So we, right. should, we, should we unpack them a little bit Let's more? Let's go for it. That's the third whistle, Lachlan. So are we into extra time now? Uh, yeah, it, it always feels like we're getting into extra time okay. when we, we hear another whistle. Uh, yes, Alex Robertson, as you just mentioned, uh, missed out on both the Socceroos and the 23s. I would have thought that... The 23s is very odd to me. Because, yeah. I mean, he's borderline Socceroos, like really, really close. He's been playing he well be at Portsmouth as well. Yeah, doesn't quite make sense. Um, Maybe there was I a love- bit of an agreement saying, I want to focus on my senior career right now. Obviously, I'm committed to the Socceroos. Yeah. Have been called a little up. bit of a Ryan Graven, Gravenbirch uh, at Liverpool. Do you see that? I, I did see that. Um, maybe Qu- Robinson was a bit more, you know, respectful and courteous and yeah. communicated better. M- maybe, uh, but yes, as opposed to you know shooting a DM saying yeah nah. I didn't see how how it exactly unfolded, but I believe it was verbatim yeah nah. Okay, well that's <laughs> nice to know that you're in the DMs yeah. there as well. It's yeah. a group chat. It's and that's you. also how the Dutch speak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nah, hey, yeah. mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice to know that you're yeah, fly on the wall in that situation there. But yes, Alex Robertson just made the move to Portsmouth, playing really well. I love his dad. I've not met the man, <laughs> but he is the, probably the biggest hype guy on soccer Twitter. Uh, I'd love to meet him because he, you know, he played for the soccer. You know what word he embodies? What? Geezer. I don't know about that. I have negative connotations. I don't have. I have negative connotations with the word interesting. Geezer. That's a really positive word for me. Okay. Well, we disagree there. Um, yeah. One thing we don't disagree on is his support for Alex Robertson, uh, his son, Love and it. support just generally for football. It's great to see. So, if you're not following him already, I 100% get around it. He's a great follow, and he's always just shouting people out. I love that. Uh, but yes, Alex just made the move. Not much else to report. He's, he's playing well. He's looked good he's in, playing the, in, very in the well. minutes that he's gotten so far. And hopefully more to come from him. Uh, he's playing alongside Yangi, who also just transferred to Portsmouth. And it's had a classic kissing Yangi start to the season. Yeah, just uh, unreal and then injured. Sick goals, plays amazingly, injured. Yeah, so uh, disappointing for him. But... Uh, Portsmouth do have a couple of Australian ballers on their hands. We'll see how they go. Uh, Mabil, we've mentioned him just before. He's at Grasshopper. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Not not much else to report. I, there's probably going to be players that we, we, we miss over in this transfer wrap, but I think these are kind of the highlights, at yeah. least for us. Uh, Segesic, this is a strange move for me because I feel like he's gone to a level that you, know, you could argue is you know, below the A-League. Equal, I'd say. But he should be 100% playing first-team A-League minutes and establishing himself as a household name in Australia, I feel. Well, I think the important thing is, yes, it's a loan. Hmm. It is a loan to Dordrecht. Uh, yeah, right. let's just go Dordrecht. Dordrecht? Yeah, I don't know why you're putting the accent on it. Just Do- say Dordrecht. Dordrecht. I'm actually really struggling. You're saying direct. Dordrecht. No, my tongue is just not. Just get rid of the eye. 
Door direct. direct. Yeah, just direct. Direct. Yeah, door direct. Door direct. Okay. That's <laughs> yes, it is a loan move. Yep. Over to the um, Eredivisie league, second yep. second tier in the Netherlands. But it's important to note that it's a loan with an option to buy. Okay. So so we're seeing more this more and more in modern football where teams, clubs don't you know buy players. It's a outright. trial. It's like a it's an extended trial. Yeah, but what they'll usually do is they'll be like, we'll loan this player for yeah. you know two seasons. Yeah. But you know if they play five games, we'll buy them. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like this. You know, this way just to skirt around FFP. Of the oh, European okay. nations. Didn't, what, know, didn't realize that that was what they were doing. That, but makes I sense. don't know if that's what it's happening in this case. I'm just yeah. saying it's become more and more common practice gotcha. to do loan moves with options to buy later online based on the criteria to, you know, help balance the books. If the club has been struggling financially and I think this is a scoop, now, so, you know, gotcha. be out, but in a better position to buy it, they'll do things like that. So things we see a lot in it today, it's a loan with an option to buy. Yep. So think of it as a extended trial period. Yeah. Okay. Try before you buy. Basically, uh, Christian Volpato transferred to Sassuolo, uh, made the great re- move. move from Roma uh, to another Serie A side. Maybe not getting as many minutes as I first potentially would have thought. He's but just moved. He's what yeah. twenty. Yeah, With, uh, he's got time on his side. It's going to be fine. He's he's the most expensive Australian player ever. That is wild. Well, if you classify him as an Australian player, yeah, currently um, I still do. Yeah, no, we we are for the sake of this show, we are, and if. If you don't want to, then yeah, that's that's on you. But yep. he has the chance to play for Australia, so we still classify him. Uh, Liam Chipperfield transferred to Sion in the second tier, Sweden. Two goals in two games already. So. Yeah. Uh, player that I think definitely warrant to call up for the on 23s. Mm. Um, obviously, dual international Switzerland. Ambitions maybe there. Uh, obviously, son of a son, Chipperfield as well. Yep. So. I don't know what you're talking about ambition. Soccer has made it further in the World Cup. so It's true. Take that, Switzerland. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so hopefully we do see him, you know, featuring in the green and gold sometime soon because I think he definitely warrants an under-23 call up, to say the least. Two yep. goals, two games in senior football. Incredible. Pretty simple. Uh, Marco Tilio currently injured, but at Celtic at the moment. Celtic, yep. bit of an interesting start to the season for them after Ange made way and uh, Brendan Rodgers has returned. Celtic fans realizing how well they had it under Ange, uh, which is and Tottenham fans now enjoying that. <laughs> Tottenham fans now enjoying it. As someone who's a raw supporter, I know that feeling too well. Uh, That's right. Maybe Celtics should just I don't know hire an Aloisi. <laughs> <laughs> which one? Which one are they picking? Oh, you got, you got to go for the older one first. No, surely they go Ross, and then we get someone else. <laughs> uh, Yes, no, it, it, it's great to watch Ange just quickly as a sidebar. I like, I mean, I've said this before, we've got mates who are Tottenham fans. It's, it hurts me a little bit that they're, that they're, that they're enjoying it and I don't get to enjoy it as much, but he just, everything about that man oozes class and I think that he will find success with Tottenham. He's, you know, they've, they've had a relatively easy start to the season, uh, but he's done very well. Picking up, I think, what, three wins from four. I think the other game was a draw. So, yeah, he's he's where he is meant to be, Yep, I think. You can make the argument that he should be coaching at an even slightly higher level, but I think with Tottenham... He will be soon. Yeah, he's he'll take them to where they should go. Anyway, back to the Australian footballers as opposed to Australian coaches, although we love Ange. Yeah, I'd have, City manager. 
I'd 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 happily just do an Ange Postecoglou podcast. That 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 man's the reason I I love this sport so much. Um, Mo Toure is the last player that I had transfer wise on this list. Loan to Paris FC, not to be confused with Paris Saint Germain. Uh, the other Paris rivals, technically. You could argue the more historical Paris as well. Yes. Uh, the, the Paris that I prefer to play is uh, when I'm playing football manager or playing uh, FIFA. But yes, low move to Paris FC. He's injured at the moment. That's why he was uh, r- removed. Is that what you'd say about the under-23s? Had to withdraw. Withdrawn. That's probably a nicer way of putting it. Uh, so another another transfer that is, yeah. is a big one. But good to see that he's, you know, choosing to remain in the orbit of the Australian football federation yes no that's that is great to see i I think that's every transfer that i'd like to at least talk about that we we haven't already mentioned on the show so far quick quick last little thing for you lachlan sure just one player a little little one player for around the grounds okay because we need to go to the second half of extra time obviously because we've had the first half of extra time zach gilson sure he's playing senior football two appearances his first two ever appearances in senior football including if, if you have time, you know, right after we finish this podcast, go look up his free kick goal because it was a thing of beauty, Lachlan. It was a peach. And Zach Gilson, I'm surprised he can get an under-23s call up. I think he warranted it. But hey, it is what it is. He's one of those players on the cusp and he's one of those players that could make a breakthrough. And if he breaks through for Blackburn, championship club, as you know, things usually happen. He's a winger as well. Soccer is call up could be a bolter. Okay. In a few months. Gilson. And uh, also, quick shout out, Jay Rich Bagloo, back from back injury. Back from injury. Love, love that. Love, love to see that. Soft spot for that guy. Um, and, you know, great That's to my see striker. Him. Well, he's my centre back. I prefer him. I think he's statistically oh. better as a centre back. Yeah, but. Give us a JRB, Sutar, and Sakati back line. Oh. <laughs> You're speaking my language. Back three, baby. <laughs> I know how much you love a back three. Anyway, that's it for this episode. It's great to be back. It's great to be back for another season. Great to be back with another episode. And uh, to those who have been questioning, the three people, I guess, who, who reached out to me on Instagram, which is more than I expected, I'll be honest. Wow. Uh, but for the people who have been wondering where, where we have been, we're back. It's good to be back. And um, if you want to come produce this show for us, <laughs> we won't pay you, but uh, <laughs> we're open to it. <laughs> unpaid interns. Well, we're unpaid as well. So, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a we're all doing it for the fun of it wait you didn't get paid yeah there's no way they're paying you and not paying me <laughs> until next time enjoy the football